Happy Sabbath. That was absolutely adorable, huh? We are in a series. Today the topic we'll explore together is religion. These days, the word religion carries a negative connotation. It has been said the number one cause of atheism is Christians. Those who proclaim God with their mouths and deny Him with their lifestyles is what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. Scholars conducted a poll to find out what unchurched Americans thought about Christianity. Millions of young people, they discovered, see us as uh, as Christians as judgmental, hypocritical, anti-homosexual, too political, insensitive, and boring. Meanwhile, millennials, the globally connected generation of young adults now taking the center stage of the world, have been shown to to have almost no interest in religion at all. They find it divisive, and unnecessary if they think about it all you know as as one millennial would have put it religion is just really low on my priorities however a recent survey shows that although about 3 quarters of respondents think that religion as a whole is a losing influence in america that same number believe america would actually be better off if it were more religious. So most of us are kind of confused about religion. We're like kind of turned off by it, but we're like, what we, we need it. And the, the conflict is that we don't know if religion is good or bad. I feel like, I, feel like I, I want Jesus in my life, but when I look at the Christianity and Christians, like, I don't know, right? Religion is supposed to be a good thing. We need more of it, but it seems like they're doing more bad than good. So what do I do as a Christian? How should I manage this struggle? When did religion become such an unpopular word anyway. To better understand this dilemma, let's go to the Bible and see what Jesus teaches us. But before we do that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath with the beautiful people in this church. Lord, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. We're going to read from verses uh, verses 5, okay? So verse 5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Or do you want to be whole? Church, why are the words, Do you want to be whole, significant? Does anyone know? Any first years know why that phrase is important? Oh, you don't. All right. I actually wrote down, that's correct, because I thought somebody was going to say, oh, that's Loma Linda University mission statement, but uh, nobody said it, so I'm not going to read that's correct. Okay? Yes, it is the mission statement of Loma Linda University, to make men whole. It's actually from this very verse. Here's the context of today's passage. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals, okay? Now in Jerusalem, there was a pool near the sheep gate called Bethesda. It means house of mercy. Hundreds of dis- disabled people used to gather around it, the sick, the blind, the, the lame, the paralyzed. All of them were there together. Do you remember what the Jews used to think about uh, sick and dis- disabled people? They used to call them uh, the, the sinners, the, the reason why they, they had a sickness or, or um, uh, disability, they thought it was due to their, their sin. It was a direct result of sin. They believed that the reason for their misery was sin. And they had done something wrong or their parents had done something wrong. Very distorted view of God. So I don't know how clean or beautiful this pool was, but this place was a dump, pretty much. A bad part of town, Bethesda, was a gathering place of hundreds of sinners who were sick and disabled. There were no water slides in that pool, you know what I mean? This was not a resort. It was a hospital. And word had it that from time to time, an angel would come down and stir up the water, and the first one into the pool after the stir would get healed of any disease that they had. Okay? So apparently, an Adventist angel would come down and sprinkle Charcoal, you know what I mean? So they can get healed because, you know, charcoal heals everything. Verse 7. Do you want to be whole? Jesus asked. Verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. I don't know how a blind person would go in the water, would not be able to see the stir, right? How would a lame or a paralyzed person get in? Um, None of them can. They'll all need a helper. But he had no help, he says, right? And he tells Jesus, Jesus, I don't have anyone who can help me to get to the water. And we... And here we find a strong spiritual parallel to our 
to this story, okay, to our own stories. Loma Linda Church, it is so interesting to me that Jesus is standing right in front of him, right? Right in front of this man. And yet, this man is not thinking about Jesus for healing. He's thinking about how to get into the water for healing. I mean, okay, I get it. Uh, He didn't know Jesus. Well, he didn't know who Jesus was. And this seems to be before Jesus became the most famous healer in town. But isn't it ironic that the Son of God, not just the most powerful healer in the universe, but also the creator of the universe was standing right in front of him, right before him, and yet he continues on worrying about how he isn't going to get to the water in time for healing. This Loma Linda church is called religion. I feel like the meaning of religion has become more of a system or a pursuit. Religion as we understand it are things we know and things we practice or do. Christianity, as Jesus intended it, was never about things, but rather who. It was never about something we know or we do. It's been always about someone we know. It's been always about who we know, not what we know or what we do. There's more. Look at this. In verse 7, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And then he says, I'm trying to get in. Okay, if you have a Bible, you should underline it. Underline, I'm trying. What did he say? I'm trying. You see, I'm trying is our religion. This is what we do. I'm I'm just trying. Right? Yeah. You see, that's what's happening at Bethesda. Okay, the sick and the disabled are trying to be cured. I'm suffering, I need help, I need, to be, I need a cure, so I'm trying. We call this being religious. I'm trying hard. Pastor, I'm, I'm trying to bring my family to church, I'm trying. Okay, I try to wake them up every Sabbath morning, I'm trying to teach my kids to pray, I'm trying to make it by 11.20, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm trying, I'm really tired, but I'm trying to be good, trying to be gentle, trying to be nice. I'm trying. And that became our religion. Trying is at the center of religion, if you think about it. Buddhists are trying to reach nirvana. They're trying, okay? Muslims are trying to attain satisfaction and approval by Allah, right? Okay, hold on. Isn't trying good? Yes. Yes. Trying is good. We like people who try it, try at least try, right? Way more than those who don't even try. 
But at a certain point, we need to realize that we need more than just trying. So what is that? The spiritual parallel is that trying does not cleanse us. Okay? You know, we need a cure, right? We can't make ourselves whole by trying. How can a sick child get rid of the disease by simply trying? The spiritual parallel is that trying does not cleanse us, trying does not heal us, trying does not make us holy. It doesn't. We can't do it on our own. Look at verse 8. Then what do we need? Look at verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Then Jesus said to him, What? Get up? Pick up your mat and walk. You know, you have to understand, uh, this man had not walked for how many years? 38 years. Okay, is 38 years, is it a long time? Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. To him, it probably meant his entire life. I don't know if you noticed this in verse 6. The previous verse said, um, Jesus actually, Jesus saw him lying there, and the Bible says he learned that he had been in this condition for 38 years. Okay, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking he's probably the the record breaker at at Bethesda. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus was probably asking around, like, hey, um, um, how many years has that person here for? And somebody said, like, two years. And Jesus is like, okay, okay. Um, how, about, how about her? And somebody said, oh, five years. It's like, ah, oh, more. Um, how, how about that person? Ten years. Fifteen years. Jesus is going, no, I'm thinking more. You know what I mean? Right? Judas was probably thinking, man, why are we wasting our time here with all these crippled people? Right? And John was probably like going around interviewing people. Um, what is your date of birth? How long has you been, have you been here? Okay, and he was probably taking notes and surveying people, right? Peter was probably dragging people. Jesus, heal this person. Probably Matthew. Probably Matthew came back and said, Jesus, that person over there, he's been here for 38 years. the record holder. Walking to him was impossible. Impossible. When Jesus said to the invalid, get up and pick up your mat and walk, there was only one thing that this man could do. You know what that was? Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. He was asked to trust Jesus. He was already trying hard. Jesus didn't ask him, try harder. He was asked by Jesus to trust him. 
Loma Linda Church, it's not about trying. It's about trusting. It's not about trying. It's about trusting. It's not about trying. It's about what? Trusting. Trusting. Okay, you're my favorite from now on, okay? (laughs) You're my favorite. This is what Christianity has become, okay? The invalid had to trust Jesus. Then he picked up his yoga mat and went home, okay? This is a very unique story about Jesus. First of all, uh, this happened during one of Jewish... Festivals, which means uh, this story occurred at the um, epic center of Jewish religious activity. Okay? Secondly, this happened on the Sabbath, which is the most prominent day of Jewish religious activity. So Jesus is trying to teach us something about religion and religious activity. Right? And yet, remember, it was not a festival nor a day that healed this man. It was not a religious activity that helped this man. It was not his trying that helped this man. Religion itself did nothing and had done nothing for 38 years. It was Jesus. Christianity should not be called a religion because Christianity is not a religion but a relationship. When we look at Christianity, our faith, we should never look at it as a religion. We should look at it as my personal relationship with Jesus. In our faith, in our religion, you know, it's, it's so funny because I don't even want to use the word religion because of the bad, you know, negative connotation. I want to call it faith. But our religion, if we call it a religion, it's all about this personal relationship with Jesus. And trusting Jesus is the foundation of it all. It's not about the knowledge of the Bible. I told you this many times, right? I used to, I used to have nightmares. Like in my nightmares, Jesus would come and he lined up all the people and then one by one, did you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? No, and then go to, go to, I don't believe in hell, but you know. And I read it twice. Oh, you go to Jesus comes to me and he goes, did you, because, you know, I, I hate reading. You know what I mean? And Jesus comes to me like, did you read the Bible, the whole Bible? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. It used to be my nightmare. I know, it is funny. Okay? But we need to understand that it's not about the knowledge of the Bible. It's not about how good we are, how good you are, or how well you keep the Sabbath. Are you listening? It's not about how much you pray or how often you attend the Bible Bible studies or small groups or church. Um, These are all good things. I don't want you to go home and think, oh, Pastor Richard says all these things we do, it doesn't matter at all. No. All these things are good. All these things are wonderful. We do them Because we trust Jesus. You see? We have a relationship with Jesus, so now we want to do all kinds of good things. It's not about trying, 
It's about trusting. It's not a religion, but a relationship. And Jesus is in the center of it all. You know, you know every, every Sabbath I try, I try to, um, I try to give good sermons. Okay, I do. All right, every weekend. Some of you are like, try harder. Uh, hey, don't be rude, okay? Okay, some weekends are good. Some weekends are not so good, right? Um, but let me tell you this. It's not when my sermon is bad that I have failed you. Okay? That's not how, that's not how it works. I've tried, so it's okay. Besides, if someone's bad, that means you didn't pray enough. It's your fault. <laughs> you know when I failed you has been when Jesus was not in the center of the message. If Jesus was not lifted up, I have failed you. That's how it works. Let me read you a beautiful passage. Proverbs chapter 4. It's actually chapter 3. Um, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. This is what we're about. This is what we're about. Okay? This is our weekly challenge, okay? I want you to read Proverbs chapter 3 and this is a schedule for you. Tomorrow... I want you to read Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Take a picture and send it to your friends. Go ahead. Monday, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Tuesday, Proverbs chapter 3, 7 through 10. Sabbath, next Sabbath, before you come to church or during Sabbath, read Proverbs chapter 3, verses 27 to 35. This is a weekly challenge because trusting God is simply believing that He loves you and knowing He's good. He has the power to help you, and He wants to help you. Everything starts from me trusting Jesus. It is very interesting to note that this whole story is premised on this strange belief that uh, from time to time, an angel would, would come down and, and it'll stir up the water, and then after the storm, the first one to get in. Right? Like that person is going to be healed. It's a strange belief. Um, this is actually, that is actually written in verse 4. Uh, can you show verse 4, please? Uh, verse 4? Can you show verse 4 real quick? It's John chapter 5, verse 4. AV team, can you show? John edition. Is exactly what religion becomes without Jesus Christ. Superstition. Who put that in there? Like an angel comes and it stirs up and then you go in there and you get healed? Who put that in there? Because when a sound mind hears this, right? 
That's confusing. And it can be a turn off. And this can happen when Jesus is missing. It's a strange belief, superstition, which is what religious system can become without Jesus making our paths straight. Religion can be judgmental, anti-homosexual, all these terrible things if Jesus is not leading us. If Jesus is missing, I can see how Christianity can become a hate, hate group. anti-everyone group. It was never meant that way. When God called all of us, when Jesus was sent to us, He was supposed to be the, the center figure and we just all follow Jesus and love like Jesus did. Do you know why uh, the Jews don't practice sacrifice anymore? Have you ever wondered that? They did it for a long time, but when did they stop? How come they don't do it anymore? Uh, it's because they don't have their temple anymore. Then how they get purified? Normally in the church, the sanctuary or the temple does not purify us. from sins Jesus Christ does the lamb or the blood uh, even the cross does not cleanse us Jesus does all the things were meant to point to just one not a thing but but who one person that is Jesus if Jesus is not at the center, Christianity can absolutely about judgmental, unloving, anti-everybody group. Okay? All the books in Old Testament, there are 39 of them. Okay? So long. You know what I mean? Like some books are so long, it takes forever to read. But all the books in the Old Testament just point to one person. That's Jesus. All 27 books of the New Testament are about one person. That is Jesus Christ. Every book of the Bible points to Jesus Christ, who is 100% human and 100% divine, which means God. Bethesda was not the living water Jesus was and is the living water. Amen? So do you want to live in peace? Do you want to live without anxiety? Do you want to live with with hope? Yes! With hope in this hopeless world, with help in this helpless world, do you want to be well? Do you want to be made whole? Jesus says, trust me. Trust me. Let us pray. Jesus, 
it seems that Christianity or all of us as Christians we have been misrepresenting you because sometimes with our lifestyles we live like as if Jesus is not in the center of my life Lord help us understand that what we're called to do as we follow you uh, it's not about just creating a religious religious organization help us Father to understand that we're just this is just a gathering of followers of Jesus Christ and we want to just show the world the love that you've shown to us we just want to Father we just want to trust you and be healed be cleansed be well and be made whole so Lord lead us and help us to embark on this new relationship with you Lord in Jesus name Amen